Well, good morning. Come on, it's almost 11 o'clock. It's 11.10. We're a little awake now. Good morning. It's awesome. So good to have you here this morning at Oasis Church Chicago. So good to see some new faces, some, some friends of um, some of our members here that are visiting. So great to have all of you guys here today and uh, such an honor to be in God's house. Um, I, before we dive into this message, I, I just want to challenge us as a church. Is that all right? Can I do this right now? I have the mic, so I'm probably going to do it regardless, if that's all right. Um, you know, those words are, are, are powerful. All the words that we, we've sung today are, are just amazing to me. They just speak life into me, and they, they're just praise and adoration to the King of Kings, right? But that, that song right there, I actually texted Jordan yesterday. I said, hey, can we just sing this song? And it's so powerful because, you know, it says, like, gold and silver, you can have it. All I want is you. I'm not going to get emotional, awkwardly emotional this early in the morning. That won't happen. It's allergies. Um, you know, when I received Jesus as a senior in college, and you guys know my story, a lot of you, you know, I, I was still fighting things. I was still desiring things. I was still wanting what the world had to give to me. And, you know, I, I had a revelation one day, and I just, I realized just, how much, and I, and I want to challenge you, if you don't hear anything else in this place today, I just want you to hear this. I had this revelation of how much Jesus loved me. You know, as a, as a believer, we say, Jesus, we love you. We love you. You're worthy of our love. You're worthy. But you know what sometimes we need to say? Jesus, you love me. Jesus, you love me. You died on a cross for me. You didn't stop there. You went to the tomb, and you went down to hell, and you grabbed the keys so that I, so that you could have eternal life with him in paradise. You could say amen, church. And when I sing those, song, those words to this song, I, I just pray that it hits you. It hits your heart. You know what? This world has a lot of great stuff to offer. Not all the things of this world are bad. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's all going to fade away. I don't know one person that took anything with them when they passed. You know, we throw some things in caskets and remember people that way, but they can't take that with them. So you know what? Like, yeah, God, have it all. Because at the end of the day, I just want you and you alone. I don't want anything else in this world. I just want you and you alone. And when you desire that, watch what happens. God moves mountains for you. He provides for you. He pours out his grace on you. And that's my prayer as your pastor of this church that you can say those words and you can desire that and you can mean them from your heart that, God, take this world, I just want you. Because he's the only one that's never going to fail. Amen? It's a message outside of the message. You get two this morning. Praise God. Well, we're going to continue this morning. If you have your Bibles, open them up to Genesis 39, verse 7. We're in this series called Joseph, the pit, the prison, and the palace. Has anybody been encouraged by this series so far? Two people, awesome, myself included. But we've been discovering uh, um, this, this, this boy named Joseph, the dreamer, the dreamer among men, the, the man that, that has an amazing testimony in Scripture, just what he did in his life, how he moved, how he, how he just brought so much to the, king, uh, to the earth while he was here. But, you know, I say this before every message that we've gone through. You know, Joseph, if there's anybody in Scripture if there's, if there's one in Scripture that could have said, you know what, God, I'm not cool with what you're doing here. This is a lot for me to handle. It could have been him. But you know what? No matter where he landed, if he landed in the pit, if he landed in the prison, or even made his way to the palace, he never was shaken 
by the things of this world. He stood his faith in Jesus. And it's an amazing testimony. We've been discovering principles and, and godly principles through his life. You know, you should read scripture and you should get things from it. When you go to read scripture, ask the Spirit of God to reveal something to you. And every time I read his story, as I'm studying for this, something new pops out. I don't get the chance to put it all on paper because you guys would be here for four hours. And you'd be like, we're ready to eat brunch. But some amazing things happen as you read scripture. And today we're going to discover something about Joseph that I think personally is something we need to talk about a little bit more in the church. Can I just say this? And it's the story of when he shows up to the to the. Uh, to Potiphar's house. Potiphar was an official, a high official there. And he shows up and he's living in his home. He's, he's working on behalf of Potiphar and his wife shows up. And we're going to discover Potiphar's wife. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Genesis 39, verse 7. I'm going to read it or it'll be on this big Bible here on the screens. You guys awake this morning? We're going to talk about temptations. Ooh, everyone's like, excuse me? Temptations. Hello. It's going to be challenging. Just giving you a forewarning. Is that all right, church? This is going to be a challenging word to hear. But God's grace is sufficient. God's mercy is amazing. And it's going to be awesome. We're going to pray for some people at the end of this. Amen? Because we want God to move. I'm just up here being his mouthpiece. We want him to move in your life. But temptations. Verse 7. Here we go. Now Joseph was well built and handsome. (laughs) And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused, and he says this, with me in charge to her. My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? That's so crucial. And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. One day he went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by the cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand, and he ran up out of that house. That boy ran out of that house. He didn't walk. It says he ran out of that house. But when she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand and had run out of the house, she called her household servants, look. She said to them, this Hebrew has been brought to us to make sport of us. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. She kept his cloak beside her until his master came home. Then she told him this story to Potiphar, her husband. That Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. When his master heard this, the story, his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Jesus, this is your scripture. These are your words. I pray today, Jesus, that you speak to us. That you speak through me, God. Whatever is said, God, let it be from you and you alone. I pray that it, it, our hearts are open, our minds are open to receive. We love you. We thank you for your word. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Kind of a crazy story. Not real encouraging this morning. What an what a amazing kind of story there where you see Joseph just got sold into slavery he arrives to Potiphar's house in Egypt, and now the dude's in prison because of an incident that he did not do. It's kind of crazy that 
You know, he ran from the situation. Have any of you ever had to run from a situation? And I mean run from a situation very quickly. Anybody? Just me and Uncle Steve. I've had to run from situations in my life. Not always the best of situations, but there was one in particular where I remember running as fast as I possibly could. I'm not that fast. I'm not that quick, but somehow the Lord granted me extra grace in this moment to run a little bit faster than normal. Praise God. Me and my buddy were there, and I was a, I was a junior in high school. And behind our house, there was a, a, a fence, one of those kind of, I don't know what they're called, the, not the chain link, but just the individual pole fence. And it was probably five foot tall. And there was this dog behind the fence. <laughs> Amazing dog. I think it was a pit, believe it or not. And so me and my buddy, whatever reason, whatever came over us, I have no idea why, we went up to the fence. And at first this dog was real chill, right? So that's why I think we approached the fence. Like, he seems like a nice pup. Let's go say hello to him. Why would I ever do that? And so we show up and we put our hands through the fence and he starts licking our hands. And we're like, this is cool. It's an awesome dog. And next thing you know, I turn to my buddy and I say something to him. And this dog is showing his teeth. True story. And I'm going, you smiling at me? Like, what are you so happy about? I'm looking around. Is there food somewhere? I have no idea. But for whatever reason, this dog flipped the switch. Flipped the switch. And now it's starting to like kind of jump a little bit. And I'm going, I'm looking at the fence going, the fence is high. This fence is good. We're safe. And my buddy's like, I ain't safe. My buddy was a lot slower than me. He's like, ah, this isn't good. And he starts walking away. He's like, bro, this isn't good. And I'm looking at this kind of now egging the dog on. Why? Don't know. A few wires are messed up in my head. All of a sudden, as God is my witness, this dog backs up. And this dog starts running towards the fence. I see this dog running towards the fence, and I take off. I start booking it down the street. This dog jumps the fence and starts coming at us. It's, I can't make this up. I promise you. I'm running as fast as I can as I see this dog with his teeth out. And the only thing I can do is jump on a car. <laughs> I jumped two feet on the hood of a car and sat on top of the roof. No idea whose car it was. No clue who it was, but it had a night stand on the roof. I sat there for five minutes as this dog grinned, grilled at me, just like scouring at me, just like, I want you for breakfast. All of a sudden, praise be to God above, his owner comes out, looking for the dog, blows the whistle, the dog comes running back to him, just calm, cool, collective, like, yeah. He walks up to me, like, what'd you guys do to my dog? I was like, what did I do to my, your dog? What are you training this dog to do? He was like, he was just playing with you. I was like, playing with you? Are you kidding me? Would have ate my leg off? I'm not waiting around for that. I had to take off. I had to get out of there. I'm telling you, I ran. I'm not fast. I played soccer in college. My coach gave me additional practice sessions. You want to know what they were? Speed training. I'm not fast. But God knows that I took off in that moment. I ran. I was out of there. I wasn't waiting around to see if that dog was going to have me for breakfast. I was gone. You know, it's a stupid story, right? But as my brain works through scripture, sometimes I wonder in my life, what lessons have I learned in life? And that one kind of correlates with what happened here. I just wonder, though, when I was reading and writing, I was wondering this. Do I, as a follower of Jesus, run from temptations as fast as I ran from that dog? Do you, do we, as the church of Jesus Christ, do we sit at that fence waiting for the temptation to come over that fence? Do we 
take the time to watch it crawl over the fence, come face to face to us, or do we see it and do we take off running? I told you this is, it, it's going to get encouraging, I promise you all. Like, man, why do we come to this church? He's really going to hit us with this stuff. This is scriptural. This is the life as a believer of Jesus. This is the stuff we face. Temptations are everywhere. Temptations are hard. But we as a church, are we running or are we staying to see it? Are we running or are we staying, you know what? This isn't as bad as I thought. This isn't going to get me. This isn't going to catch me. I'm strong. I'm fast. I'm mighty. That's me sometimes. I told you guys, I'm not the perfect pastor. Sometimes I get caught up. Sometimes I get, the, the world just gets me, and I'm like, man, how did I get here? How did I get here? But praise God for what we've been learning, this word called discernment. All throughout this, this time in this series, we've been learning this word called discernment. The discernment of God. Joseph had some discernment with the dreams. Joseph had some discernment with when he showed up to Potiphar's house, how to operate, how to move, how to be faithful in the little. And now Joseph has the discernment to say, uh-uh, I ain't messing with that. I ain't touching that. I'm out. And he runs out of the room. Just a few things this morning, and we're going to pray for some people, but just some observations, right? The first is this. You know, Scripture's very specific in the way it writes and, and reads, right? God inspired this. This is what we believe. I wonder why he put in there that Joseph was well-built and handsome. Like, thank you for that great, great commentary. Like, awesome. So Joseph was very good-looking and well-built. Amazing. But you know why, as I was reading that? Just, just a few observations before we do three points and we get out of here. You know what's awesome about that, though? I think God wrote that. He put that in Scripture to remind us, yeah, he's probably a good-looking dude. I mean, Potiphar's wife wanted him. He was a, a good-looking guy. However, how many of you know it's not what's on the outside, but it's what's on the inside? It's what's on the inside. You know, temptations will come after us. Temptations will hit us. What's happening on the inside? What's building us up on the inside to make us strong enough, to make us courageous enough, to, for people to say, hey, yeah, you're good-looking, you're, you're strong and mighty, but... Man, on the inside, we're weak. On the inside, we're real weak. See, the thing about Joseph was he had the outside, but he also had the inside. Oh, we want the outside. Today, more than ever, we all, I, I dress myself. <laughs> Praise God. My wife does not pick out my clothes. She refuses to. I'm like, babe, can you just please pick up? She's like, no. So I got to wake up. I got to look like this because you know why? I want to present myself. We all show up today. Hopefully you showed up. You got in the shower. Maybe, maybe not. You look presentable this morning. You all look amazing and beautiful, by the way. But we always want to be concerned with the outside. But how many of us as followers of Jesus are concerned about how strong our inside is, our heart, our soul, our mind? See, Scripture says he was strong on the outside. He was good looking on the outside. But it also gives us the, the word to show us that he was mighty inside. His heart was not going to be shaken. His heart was not going to get caught trapped to that. A few other things. When we choose to follow Jesus, when we say no with discernment to things, people are going to start to take notice. And people are either going to like you or they're going to hate you. Encouragement this morning here at Oasis Church Chicago. They're going to like you or they're going to hate you. They're going to see Jesus in you and they're going to go, why are you so strong on the inside? I want what you have. Or they may look at you and maybe become jealous they may not understand. They may be so jealous that what you have, the peace, the joy. You guys as followers of Jesus, if you love Jesus, you should be walking around with some peace and joy. Can I just say that? The church more than ever today is getting rattled and it's got no joy. No joy. 
Why? Because we're not getting before the Father each and every day saying, I want your joy. I need your peace. But you know what people see? They may become jealous a little bit. They may wonder, what do you have? I, I don't. Potiphar's wife became that way. She saw Joseph. She wondered what he had, and she didn't have it. She didn't have it. She didn't have that peace. She didn't have that contentment. She wouldn't be looking elsewhere. Hello. She wouldn't need Joseph to come lie in bed with her. She got her husband for that. But you know what? When we receive Jesus, when we walk out this faith here on earth, people are going to take notice. Better yet, they better take notice. And so they may become jealous. They may love you, and they may wonder, why are you this way? And they're going to ask you. They're going to ask. Potiphar's wife was determined to have her needs met, to have her desires met. These are just some observations. You guys with me? It's just rolling through Scripture. I see this, and I go, man, she was determined. That woman was determined to see her desires met. We as people are determined sometimes to see our desires met. Oh, we'll go after it. We'll do whatever we can to get our desires met. Oh, I'm this way. Don't judge me. You all looking at me like you're judging me. You're, no, I'll, you're the same way. We're in the same boat. We want what we can't have. We want to go after the things that we think we need. We want to touch the stuff over here that we should not be touching. We want to grab a hold of things over here that we shouldn't have no grip on. We're desiring some stuff in life that is against Scripture. This church believes in the Word of God. We believe in what it says. Potiphar's wife was determined. She was determined to, whatever feels good, do it. It's a day and age we live in. If it feels good, do it. If it's right, go for it. If you feel good about it, go after it. There's no discernment anymore. There's no discernment to go, whoo, that may look real good, but I'm going to get real jacked up if I touch that. Oh, we don't like that. You guys are, they're glaring at me this morning at 11 o'clock in the morning. No, 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 no. It's the truth. We want what we can't have. We go after the things of this world. We want to touch the stuff that we have no place as a follower of Jesus. If you don't know Jesus in this room and you're wondering, what is he talking about? It's okay. Jesus loves you. But if you've received Jesus and you say, I got my Jesus card, then guess what? This stuff should be falling off of you each and every day. It doesn't mean perfection. I say it all the time, we're a bunch of broken people. Ain't nobody perfect in this place. I ain't, you ain't. That's great grammar. Thank God I passed high school. What are our desires? What are we desiring? What are we living for? Truthfully, this is just some, some heart checks, some gut questions to ask yourself. As we see Joseph, Potiphar's wife was desiring something she should have never been desiring. You know what Joseph was desiring? Jesus. Jesus. He was like, I, nope, you can do your thing, girl. I don't want that. But us, as people, what are we desiring? You know, just a, a side note as, as I read this in the power of discernment. You know, Joseph walked in alone to that room. So there was a little mistake, I guess I say. Maybe it's not theologically right, I don't know, whatever. But I see a little bit of a moment here. You know, Joseph walks back into the house and he realizes nobody's there. She's asked him a couple times to come and lay in bed with her. Now he walks into a house when no one's there. Maybe, just maybe, we see a little bit of Joseph right there that could have said, hey, maybe you should have used a little discernment there. Just a side note. Maybe stop walking back into places that you know are dangerous. 
Maybe stop going to things that you know you shouldn't be going to. Because you know already you feel that check in your heart and in your gut like, oh, this isn't good. I shouldn't go after this thing. I shouldn't be there. But we step back into it. I think you had a moment of lacking discernment in that moment. Just me. Just me. Think this way. Well, we can learn from this. This is what Scripture does. It teaches us. It corrects us. It shapes us. It grows us. You should be thankful for this. I'm thankful that I have Joseph's story so I can be like, man, I can learn from you, bro. I can learn from you. Temptations come in all different shapes and sizes. Temptations aren't just what we see with our eyes. Let me just say that. Because some of you are all like, so what's temptations? What I can see? No, no, no. Let me just say this. What you do in the private will always make you in the public. Oh, so temptations just aren't the stuff that we see on social media. You know, we walked around the city last night, and we walked past a, a whatever it's called, a, a festival. And it was, it was insane. It was insane. And it broke my heart to see these people out there. It literally broke my heart. The music and stuff, I don't care about that, but what was happening at this scene breaks my heart. And you know what, to be honest with you, can I just say this? If you love Jesus, it should break your heart too. Watching people walking around for three days, lost, hopeless, whatever they were doing, only God knows. But seriously, like, we all look at that and go, man, there's, man, they need Jesus. They need Jesus. Man, pray for those people. They need Jesus. And we all go back home, and when no one's watching us, what temptations are we falling in? What temptations am I falling in? Because, see, temptations aren't always just what we see. They're not just the outside ones, the big ones. No, they're the little ones, too. Our thought life. Our words how we use our money, <laughs> what we spend our time on. Maybe just maybe what you're giving your time to when you're sitting at home and you're there alone. See, temptations come in all different sizes, but this is just the principles that I get from this. So what you do in the private will carry you into the public. Trust me, that's, this is a, can I just be honest as your pastor? This is my prayer as a pastor. God, help me to grow when no one else is watching. Keep me when no one else is around me. God, help me to know you so much more when nobody's around. I don't care about this stage. Let me just be honest. You can take this, Mike. Truthfully, I don't want it. Because sometimes I'm like, man, God, I still need to grow in the private. I'm not ready for the public platform. I'm not ready for it. Are we desiring that? Are we fighting temptations when no one else is watching us? Are we fighting off the sins of this world, the fleshly desires? You with me, church? I told you this is encouraging. <laughs> I'm smiling. You're all not. Praise the Lord. In the life of a follower of Jesus, discernment keeps us committed to the plans of God instead of allowing the distractions of temptation to lead us to death. As a follower of Jesus, discernment keeps us committed to the plans of God instead of allowing temptations to lead us to death. Joseph had the discernment to say, you know what? Mm -mm. I'm not going with you. I'm not laying with you. I'm not touching that because that leads to one thing, death. The word tells us so clear that Satan roars around just to lead us, to kill us and steal from us and destroy us. It leads us to death. My prayer for you, our prayer for you as people as in this city more than ever is that we wouldn't die. We wouldn't die to the things of this world, but we would live and have life abundant in Jesus Christ. Discernment keeps us there. Three things, and we're out of here. First is this, we have the power of the Spirit of God. We have the power of the Spirit of God in discernment to help fight temptations. Oh, that's good news. You can say amen. This isn't a quiet church. I know the fan's blowing because it's all keeping us real cool in here. You can say amen. The, the power of the Spirit in discernment keeps us and gives us the power to fight off temptations. 
Scripture says this in Genesis when it read, And after a time his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused. It didn't say he thought about it. It didn't say he wondered. It says flat out he refused. He said no. You know why? Because I believe Joseph was full of the spirit of God. He was full of God. He wanted God more than anything else. And when we desire God, when we choose to get close to God, guess what? We have the power to fight off temptations. You can say amen because that's the good news here. So we talked about all the things that could happen, but guess what? We now have the outlet and the resource to fight it. So we have the power of the spirit. The word is very clear when it comes to this. 1 John 5, 4, I'm just going to read a couple scriptures. Just receive these. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome faith. Hebrews 2, 18 says, Because he himself has suffered, Jesus, when tempted, he is able to help those tempted. Jesus was tempted. The scripture tells us. He was tempted. Guess what? Now he can help us when we're tempted. Praise God. I just want to read that and we can all go home. That promise is true. He was tempted. He knows how it feels, so he can help us when we're being tempted. We just got to call out for him. Galatians 5.16, but I say walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Temptations can be fought. They can be overcome. The things of this world, don't have to, we don't have to fall prey to them anymore. We don't have to keep falling temptation after temptation after temptation. Oftentimes, when people come and sit down and talk to me, they're like, man, I'm just struggling. I'm like, okay, you're struggling with the same thing you were struggling with a year ago. Why? You know, the first thing I ask them, it's not because I'm judgmental. I love them. I want to help them. I want to see the fullness of God in them. But you know what I say to them? How's your prayer time? How are you getting alone with God? They're like, well, you know, I'm real busy at work. And they just start rattling off excuses after excuses. I said, listen, you want a fix. You want a quick fix right now. You want it like here now, boom. Hey, you want me to pray over you, which I believe God can do. I can pray over somebody, release them from it. But sometimes... We have to fight. we got to step into the ring and fight and say, you know what? I'm going after God. These things of this world I don't want. See, when you get close to God and you receive the discernment and the power of the Spirit, we have the good news to fight against temptation. Joseph had it. Amen? This is good news. Second thing is this. Your platform, parentheses, your calling, is worth you fighting against the temptation of a momentary pleasure. Each and every single person, young and old, I don't care how old or how young you are in this room, I believe this, we believe this as a church, you have a call of God on your life still right now today. You have a call. The call means like, you're like, whoa, what does that mean? Do I gotta be a pastor? Do I gotta preach? No, everyone doesn't have this calling. You guys all have a calling of God to do something in this world. We talked about it last week, to impact this world. And guess what happens? Temptations try to creep in and they try to strip you of that call. They try to strip you of it. Because we oftentimes think, well, if I just touch this for a moment, if I just get satisfied in this moment, I will be okay. And guess what happens? We get satisfied in the moment and we, get, we walk out of that moment feeling empty. Actually, oftentimes, when I fall prey to temptations, when I fall in these moments, I walk out of there feeling more empty than when I walked into the moment. Just me? Pray for your pastor. Please. But see, it's worth fighting because when you know the call of God in your life, we discovered this last week, when you know the call, Joseph knew the call of, uh, on his life. He knew the dreams. He knew what God called him to do. And he said, I'm going to fight against sin. I'm going to fight against temptations. I'm going to put my feet in the dirt. I'm going to say no. Because where I'm going 
It's where God's called me to go. Where I'm heading, God's called me. God's provision is a lot better than yours. God's grace is a lot better than yours. So it's worth fighting for. I'm tired of seeing Christians get stripped of their calling. I'm tired of seeing Christians fall down and say, man, I messed up too many times. I slipped up too many times. God's grace is sufficient. Do you want it or do we want to fight it? Joseph wanted it. Joseph wanted the power to fight against it because he knew that dude changed Egypt. It's awkward silence. Everyone's like, he's going to say something? No, think about that for a second. He changed Egypt by fighting off temptation. By not desiring the things of this world. I want to see Chicago change. I want to see this city change. So guess what? You know what? I'll try my best. I'll surround myself with people to say, JP, don't give in to temptations. Don't go there. Don't touch that. I'll let them speak into my life because you know what? This city is in need of changing. So if God's called me to change it, I'll fight for it. Some of y'all are like, how many coffees did he have? Three. Praise the Lord. Fight it. The last thing is this. Fight for the call of God on your life. Know that you have a call on your life. Know it. Trust it. Some things can happen that you are called to do that will change this world. Some talents. Maybe you're called to be a teacher, a doctor, a nurse, an edge. Whatever you're called to do, God can use you in it. So fight for it. Fight for it. Number three is this. God's hand will always cover and protect his faithful ones. You can say amen. This isn't a quiet church. That's something you want to say amen about. That's a promise from heaven. He will always protect his faithful ones. It says this in verse 20, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison. Joseph didn't do anything wrong. Guess what? He still landed in prison. Another sermon, another time. The place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was in prison, the Lord's hand was on him. So no matter what, if he was in a house or if he was in a prison, God's hand was over him. God's hand was on him. Just because there was a momentary trial, just because some things happened, Joseph didn't waver. God's hand was still on his life. See, this church doesn't believe that we're just going to have roses and butterflies all the time. Praise God all the time. Hallelujah. Bless his name. No, this walk of faith is hard, and the word tells us that we're going to get a little, it's going to get a little tough. There's going to be some things that happen. There's going to maybe be a little bit, a little bit of persecution. Oh, we don't like that word in church. Come on, JP. Why'd you got to drop that one, too? This has been really hard already. Then you say Persecution? Jesus talked about it. He said, hey, it's going to get hard. But guess what? I'm leaving you my spirit. The same spirit that raised me from the grave, I'm leaving it with you. The one that can walk with you, talk with you, speak with you, empower you to do great in my things, I'm leaving it with you. So guess what? My hand of protection's on you. If you're coming close to me, if you're getting close to me, if you're walking with me, if you're drawing near to me, guess what? I'm going to cover you. I'm going to watch over you. I'm going to surround you with angels' armies. Amen. Temptations are hard. Temptations are nasty. I hate them. When I get to heaven, I'm going to be like, God, one couple questions. I got a list. Just one, though. Why was it so hard to fight off the things of this flesh? Why did I keep going back to the things that I thought I overcame? Why, God? Why did you let us happen? Why, God? And he's going to go, son, bro, Jay, I gave you my spirit. I gave you my spirit so that you could fight it. So that your story, the things you struggle with, the things that you're battling, the things that you've walked through life with, can be somebody else's testimony. 
You can reach somebody with what you've gone through. You can show somebody, hey, listen, I've walked this path. I've gone down this road. I've struggled with this and that. But guess what? I don't ever want to go back to that because I've received and tasted the goodness of Jesus Christ. So guess what? You could take the world. You could take all the gold and silver. You could take it and have it all because I want my king. I want Jesus. Yes, everything has worked out in my life the way I thought it should work out. Newsflash. It's not going to always work out the way we want to work out. But his plans are great. His ways are higher. He is mighty. He is full of grace. And he's like, hey, kid, I love you. Walk with me. Talk with me. Come near to me. And guess what? We'll fight this stuff together. Jesus is worthy. He loves you. He's saying enough's enough. Stop dealing with the same stuff over and over. Stop going back to it. Let's go to greater things. Let's go after higher things. Let's go after more of me because I got a lot more in store for you than you even know, my child. We have the power of the Spirit to fight temptations. Let me pray for you this morning. Amen? Bow your heads and close your eyes. His grace is sufficient. Jesus, today, I just pray by your Spirit's power right now, God, that you break the bondage of temptation, of sin, oh God. I pray in the name above every name that you come down right now, God, and that you lift the heads of the weary, God. That you lift their spirits, God. That you empower them, God, to fight this fight. God, that you have won the battle. We know that you have the victory. So God, may we as your followers enter into that victory with you, Jesus. May you give grace upon grace to people, God. May you give your truth to people, oh God. Father, may you show yourself faithful to people, Jesus. God, I pray as we walk into this world day in and day out, God, that we will see, we will have the discernment of heaven to see what's ahead. And to know that when we call upon your name, you're going to work on our behalf. You're going to move. You're going to protect us. You're going to give us the door out of temptation. So, Father, strengthen us, uphold us, Jesus, and we love you. We praise you, God. You can have this world. You can take it all, God. We want your heart, and when we have your heart, you're with us, you're for us, and you're not against us. So, God, have your way. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. Why don't you stand to your feet as we sing this today? Sing it out loud.